you guys all sit next to the air conditioners over there, and, and then you all over there not sit next to the air conditioners because you're cold. I don't know if you're sweating. All right. Take your Bibles. We're going to continue on with this morning's message. Uh, it's, it's funny. Um, it, it wasn't meant to, to just to be, to be uh, well, it's, it's a letter. The whole thing's a letter. Uh, it's not meant to be broken up into parts, but we do it um, because, well, we'd be here for a long time. And you think I preach long now? If I just went through the entire book, <laughs> it'd be a very, very long message. Ephesians chapter 5, uh, we're going to read uh, down to verse 7 again. And, uh, and I'm just going to pray and ask the Lord to help us. And because, uh, well, I need it. And uh, we all need it. So verse 1 says this, Be therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us, and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as become saints, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting, which, is, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this ye know, that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater, hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them. All right, let's go ahead and pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. God, I pray and ask that you might give us understanding. I pray, God, that your spirit would just open up our eyes, uh, Lord, and speak to us, Lord. Minister to our hearts that we, we have the understanding, but then also the wisdom in which to apply uh, these truths uh, to our lives. Uh, Lord, we thank you for your word and the example that Christ is. Lord, help us to become imitators of, of you, Lord. Uh, we thank you for, for all you've done and for all you're going to do. Uh, Lord, that this power isn't that this power to change isn't in us, Lord. It's in you, and uh, it, while it, it it is in us, Lord, it's in the Spirit. But God, it's uh, it's nothing that we have control over. It's something we're to yield to. So help us, Lord. We ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. We we have been looking at the Book of Ephesians for quite a while, and we're not anywhere near being done. Uh, however, we've learned some things. We've learned that God had a plan to save us. Uh, we also learned that that uh, that if you are saved, that you've experienced a revolution in your life, and it's not due to your turning over a new leaf. Uh, can I just say there are a lot of people that turn over new leaves and just decide that they're going to do something different than what they what they've become accustomed to, uh, and and there are a lot of good people in this world, as far as the world's concerned, but we're not to measure ourselves with each other. We're not to look at. I'm uh, not to look at Donnie over there, or Brother Troy, or anybody else, and say, "Well, I'm I'm doing pretty good compared to them," or "We're all doing pretty good compared to you know other people that aren't here." Um, we're we're to compare ourselves with God. In fact, uh, we're now we're learning to, uh, this morning that we're to imitate God. We're to we're to follow Him. We're to do as and and try to be uh, the, have the same attributes that God had. And so so just to. I am thankful that it's not done through us, it's done for us, in us, by God and the Holy Spirit. 
Uh, so we learned that God can save us and that he did save us. Uh, we know that he continues to work in us and strengthen us and prepare us for, for what's to come. And, and the work won't be finished until we get to heaven. We've learned that God has made us all one in Christ. One as in there's no difference between any of us, Jew, Greek. And as you read in the other, past, other letters, uh, uh, employee, master, uh, there's no difference. It doesn't matter. We're all one in Christ. But in Christ, we also get to be reconciled to God. And that's the greatest thing. It's all done through the blood of Jesus Christ. Uh, we've been talking for quite a while uh, out of Ephesians chapter 4, teaching and uh, preaching out of chapter 4 for quite a while, looking at the fact that we are to walk worthy, that our lives are to be uh, appropriately lived because we have been called to be the children of God. And we're to walk and behave uh, in, in a way that is appropriate for that calling. And uh, we've talked about the very, even the particulars of that, how we're to put off the old man, to put on the new man. And in between, we're to renew our mind. And so all of that's done. Uh, but as we looked at chapter 5 this morning, we, we learned not only are we to just walk worthy uh, of, of, of that calling that we've been called, but we've been called to to walk in, as an imitation of God. Uh, that word says, be therefore followers. Be ye is a, it's a personal, it's a personal uh, uh, directive. It, he's talking to you. He's talking to me, not just broadly to the church, that we are to, to, to act in a certain way. But the word be means that we are to become something. And we can't become anything other than what we are except through God. Uh, it's God working in us. But we are to become followers of God. And that word followers, uh, again, the Greek word was uh, the mimetes. It means to imitate, uh, to follow not in direction, but in, in the way that we act. We're to copy. We're to imitate uh, God. To, to, the, they say that imitation is the most sincerest form of flattery. And we talked about how, how children imitate their fathers. Um, and uh, we are to imitate God as dear children uh, because he loved us. And, uh, and the first way we do that is by walking in love as Christ did. And so we're to walk in love towards God and we're to walk in love towards one another. And uh, that's, and, and not just one another, I didn't, I could have kept going, I, I, we didn't, but we let, you, we let you out early today. But we're to walk in love to, to everybody. Uh, there, isn't, there isn't anybody that, that falls outside of that. that. We're, to, we're to love our spouses. And we're to love our friends, and we're to love our neighbors, and we're to love our enemies. And if you can find anybody else, we're to love them too. But I don't think there's any other, anybody else out there. And so we're to, we're to love, walk in love towards, to, towards all people. And uh, we're to do it in sacrificially, just like Christ did for us. He's the perfect example of, of love. And we're also to do it uh, for the right reasons, because we love. Uh, it doesn't do any good to serve um, without love. Because service without love is just service. And it, it was, as we noted there at the end of verse 2, uh, or verse, verse, uh, yeah, verse 2, that Christ's offering and sacrifice was to God for us. It was to God for a sweet-smelling savor. Our service to one another and to God can be, a, it should be, and can be a sweet-smelling savor, an offering unto the Lord, if we do it for the right reasons and for the right purpose. But if it's done out of duty, if it's done out of tradition, if it's done just to get it done, um, I don't think that's, I don't believe that's how God would have us to do it. I don't believe that would, uh, can you imagine uh, uh, Aaron and the other priests uh, saying, well, it's just what we're supposed to do. 
as they performed the sacrifice. I don't think they'd have been in that position very long. Um, he may have went the way of his sons, burned up with fire. Who knows? So we need to we need to be careful and walk in love. And that was the that was the first point. We are to we are to walk in love out of out of this parental imitation. We're to follow God and, and imitate God. Uh, it's a personal direction. It's a pattern after God. And we talked about there are other there are other things about God that we can't um, copy. We can't copy and we can't imitate his omniscience. We, uh, we have a lot of people that would say they know everything, uh, but they're just saying they know everything. They don't even know what they don't know. Uh, uh, and the truth is, if, there were the, the, if, if people were honest, there could not be an atheist. Uh, to be an atheist means that you know that there is not a God. Well, I don't know how you can say that you know everything when there's much that they, don't, that they, that they will admit that they know they don't know. Well, they're missing something. I could just say that, uh, but uh, but uh, so it's uh, it, we don't know his we don't have his omniscience we don't have his omnipotence we don't have his power all of his power that's the power of God it's not our power um, it's not under our control it's uh, we we are, need to be yielded to the Spirit of God who uh, in that power lies um, we we don't have his uh, we're not we're not omnipresent we're not everywhere there are many things that we cannot imitate. But there are some things that we must imitate. And that, the first one then we talked about this morning was walking in love. The second one is this. You'll find it in, you'll find it in Psalms chapter 99. We're going to look at a couple verses here really quickly. Um, and then uh, come back to our passage. So keep your finger there. Psalms chapter 99. This is an attribute of God that God has called us to imitate. Now, forgive me, my pages just might stick together, just like they are right now. Psalms chapter 99, we're going to look at verse 9, it says this, it says, Exalt the Lord our God, and worship at his holy hill, for the Lord our God is holy. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 3, the angels... The angels are flying there before the Lord. Wings to cover their eyes, and wings to cover their lips, and wings to cover their feet. And what do they cry? Holy, holy, holy. Leviticus 11, chapter 4, the people, God told the people of Israel, Be ye holy, for I am holy. He says the same thing in chapter 19, verse 2, and in chapter 20, verse 7. 1 Peter 1, chapter 15 and 16, Peter recognizes and remembers and continues the same commandment given to the people of Israel. Instead, he gives it to the, to the people of God. That would be us. Be holy. For God said, be holy, for I am holy. 2 Peter 3.11 says, looking, knowing that the second coming of the Lord is coming, how much more holy ought we to live The word holy, many times, uh, there are things, though, as you read in the Bible, there are things that God calls holy. His holy hill, we just read about it in Psalms. Uh, they, they, they believed that the temple was holy. That, what that meant was it was consecrated unto God. It was there for, it was, uh, it, was, it was particularly set aside for sacred use. But God isn't set aside for sacred use. He is sacred. Amen.
The word holy means this, properly, whole, entire, or perfect, in a moral sense. Hence, pure in heart, temper, or disposition, free from sin and sinful affections, if we're going to apply it to God, which we are, uh, holy signifies perfectly pure, immaculate, and complete in moral character. A man is more or less holy as his heart is more or less sanctified or pulled or purified from evil dispositions. We call a man holy when his heart is conformed in some degree to the image of God and his life is regulated by the divine precepts. Hence, holy is used as a nearly synonymous with good, pious, and godly. However, when we're talking about God, we, we listen, you and I are not holy as God is holy. But we're to strive to be holy. We're to live to be holy. As we, as, if you turn back to, to uh, uh, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 3, uh, we, he goes from saying that we're to walk in love as Christ also hath loved the church. Verse 3 says, But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becometh saints. Let's just... Uh, as, as, as gently as we can be, because we have children in here, uh, we, we, we want to understand what it's talking about. The very first word is fornication. Uh, uh, that's uh, that's, that's uh, sexual relations outside of marriage. God calls it a sin. We live in a day and age where it is not only uh, looked lightly upon, uh, where, it's, where, it's, uh, where it's allowed, uh, in many cases it's celebrated, and they're trying to destroy the home. Uh, there, there, are, there are forces today that are trying to break down the, 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 the parental, uh, parental uh, the, father, the fatherhood, the, the, they call it the patriarchy. They don't want uh, there to be any fathers in the homes, and they're trying to break down that stereotype. It is not a stereotype. It is what God has intended for us as human beings. And for us to look at anything else and be agreeable with it is wrong. So let me declare from here, from this pulpit, that, that, that relations outside of marriage is wrong. It is never okay. It should never be looked upon as okay and should not be tolerated. But we live in a culture that tolerates it. And we live in a culture that celebrates it. And we live in a culture that accepts it. And sadly, in many churches, it's become, eh. You, we know that it's wrong, but you know, it's just the way the kids are these days. I'm sorry, but it's still wrong. It is sinful. He goes on to say here in verse, verse, uh, verse 3, but fornication and all uncleanness. The word uncleanness, uh, the, Greek, the Greek word means moral impurity. Say, well, <laughs> I'm married. I don't have to worry about the whole you know, fornication thing. Moral impurity. What would that, uh, if something is morally impure, it, there's a wide range of ways of things that that could be. movies we watch, the books we read, the, the, the commercials that come on our TV, the, the, uh, uh, the, uh, the, the music we listen to. Uh, I, I heard some uh, statistics the other day, it was 73% of music today uh, 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 is pushing sex, violence, or, or drugs, or an alcohol. 73%. 
73% of all music. I don't leave a whole lot of it. Is there nothing else to sing about? Well, that's what sells. I don't care what it sells or not. You know why it sells? Because that's of the flesh. And that's what people want. And they say sex sells, and that's why they put the people in the bikinis and the, and the, 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 on, on all the ads for everything. Listen, and, and the guys with the big muscles. Listen, I ain't got no big muscles, but I ain't showing them off either. We need to understand that God looks upon this stuff. It is morally impure, but it is presently accepted. Look at where the church and, and where standards, have, and, and, and listen, I'm not preaching my standards versus your standards. Look at where the world standards have come, uh, how the world standards have changed over the last 50 years. We went to the beach yesterday. Uh, or not yesterday, the day before yesterday. I went to Old Orchard Beach. And I spent the entire time looking like this, looking like this, looking like this. Had my hat down over my eyes for a period of time. As somebody would walk by and look at my wife and just stare at my wife. And looked, I, again, I loved looking and staring at my wife's eyes, but I was doing it for a purpose. So I didn't see what, the, what was all around me. I said, well, don't go. I'd prefer not to, to be honest. <laughs> but here's the problem. What I saw was, in the world, is, listen, it's sinful, but the world's sinful. What am I going to expect from the world? The problem is, is when we have the same standards as the world. Just be honest. We're, going to, we're probably going to, uh, looking at the next couple of verses, we're going to be stepping on some toes this, this afternoon. And I, I, listen, I don't want to. I, I don't want to hurt your feelings. I don't, I don't want to chase anybody off. I just want you to understand what the Bible says is acceptable and what isn't acceptable. Something that is morally impure. It's something that he says, but fornication and all. By the way, it's just all uncleanness, not just the things that are unacceptable to you. All of it. It doesn't matter what you or I think. It's not about where my standards are or where your standards are. It has everything to do with where God's standards are. And what God says is morally pure, and what God says is morally impure. If something, uh, just, just on, the, uh, on the idea of modesty, uh, we, can have, uh, we can have arguments on, on what, is, what is modest and whether, uh, what is not modest and, and whether people should, uh, where women should wear dresses. There are churches that you, if a woman walks into the building without a, without a dress on, she's, she's looked down upon. And then there are others, if you walk in with a dress, you, you, uh, nobody else is there. Listen, I'm not talking about that kind of sin. Uh, you know what the Bible says? The Bible talks about modesty. It actually doesn't talk about our dresses at all, dresses or pants. They didn't have pants back then. They all wore the same kind of loosely wrapped garment. Do you know what it does say? That for women, and this goes for men, by the way, I'm not just picking, it's for all of us. It talks more about not trying to draw attention to ourselves by the plating of your hair, by the way that you dress, the plating of your hair, the, 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 the decorations that you put on your body. We're not to draw attention to ourselves, but instead, with our, with our humble and meek spirit, we're to point to Christ. That's true modesty. That it's not about me at all. But today you can't go anywhere and, and think, well, what, you want me to wear, you want me to wear uh, clothes that aren't attractive? I want you to wear modest clothes. 
because we're, we're dressed modestly. Our entire life is to be about pointing others to Jesus Christ. And the Bible does talk about nakedness. And every time the Bible talks about nakedness, the Bible says this. That, uh, the Bible says this, that, that nakedness is a, uh, is, is, it's tied together with shamefulness, except we're in marriage, because in the marriage, the marriage bed is undefiled. There's no, there's no sin in this. But, uh, but if I see somebody else's nakedness who I'm not supposed to see, that would be my wife's nakedness. Uh, so my wife is the only one I'm supposed to see. But if, I'm to see, if I see the nakedness of anybody else, that is a shame to them and to me, according to the word of God. In fact, the priests were told that they had to wear a certain uh, specific linen breeches underneath their garments so they were climbing the altar that somebody wouldn't see their nakedness. And th those breeches were to go from here to here. But yesterday, or two days ago, when I was at the, at the, at the, uh, the thing, I saw a whole lot more than from here down. You know what I saw? People's nakedness. You know what I didn't want to see? Their nakedness. Listen, it doesn't matter whether they, they, they shouldn't even wear those, those things because they're not, they, they don't look good on them. I don't care if it looks good or not. They shouldn't be wearing them at all. But then they're lost. The problem is when the people of God start dressing like the world and start acting like the world instead of trying to live holy, not because, well, we're better than everybody else, but we're trying to imitate God. And God in his holiness and God in his purity, fornication is not even a question in our minds. That we raise our children to know that, 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 that sex outside of, outside of marriage is wicked and sinful. Not that sex is, but, but sex outside of a marriage is. It's become a bad word, and, and, and people are afraid to talk about, about it in front of you. Listen, I'm not trying to have the talk with your kids. I just want you to understand, they need to be taught at the right appropriate time, and you're their parent, you figure out when, when that is, but they need to know the truth about what God has created between a husband and a wife, and that the world is trying to tw twist it and make it into something that it isn't. And they're destroying it at the same time. And as the children of God, the Bible says, this should not be once named among us, but not just fornication, but also the, the all, all moral impurity, all uncleanness, or covetousness. Covetousness is that, that, that desiring of things that don't, that, that don't have. It's a, it's a passion, a flesh-driven passion for something. Uh, we're not to covet your neighbor's wife. You're not to covet your neighbor's donkey. You're not to covet your neighbor's anything. Don't covet. That's not wrong to have a, de a desire for something. But uh, this is more than having, it's an inordinate fleshly desire that would, that would push you to, to, to act out upon it and, and uh, be wasteful with your money or wasteful with your time. Or, uh, it's, 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 God calls it idolatry. Do you know why? Because we put so much focus on this one thing that I must have that suddenly God has put it on a second hand, put it on a shelf. And we make that thing our God. I want you to notice what it says. Let it not once be named among you. Now, it doesn't, that doesn't mean that we don't sometimes fall. But saying as the world looks upon us, they shouldn't be able to say, ha-ha, look at that. Ha-ha, look at that. Why? Because we're to walk holy in our lives. How does that fit into our practice? Practically, and, and notice, but also as becoming saints. It's not just that, 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 that we don't want people to say that, but it doesn't become, it isn't fitting for a child of God, for one who is to walk worthy, because he is our father, and he has changed us, amen? 
We are not what we once were. We are not controlled by our flesh. We should be controlled by the Spirit of God which dwelleth in us. Not controlled by our flesh. And in doing that, what, what does that tell us? Well, it's, it's becometh us. It's fitting for a saint to walk holy. To put away those things that are impure. To put away those things that, 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 uh, that, that are offensive to God. Those things that would be idolatry. I was watching um, Ray Comfort. Have you, ever, have you ever, anybody ever heard of Ray Comfort? Okay, several of you have. Uh, he he, uh, he had a show on. I've heard some of his uh, some of his messages. He's written several books. Uh, uh, very big on evangelism. Uh, but I was listening to this thing. He was talking to this guy. He says, he said, uh, "Do you think it's wrong? Do you think it's wrong to?" Uh, you know, be sneaking around town and peeking in people's windows at husbands and wives, you know, having relations. They was like, yeah. What would you do if that happened to you? I'd call the cops. He goes, if I didn't kill them first. He says, that, that's terrible, isn't it? He goes, what do you think about a person who would do that? And we all think, oh, what a terrible, perverted person that would be. Have you ever watched a rated R movie? Any more than that rated R. <laughs> What's the difference? Well, they knew we would be watching. Does that make it better? We need to be very careful about the things that we allow in our homes. Because the things that we allow in our homes, our children are watching. The world is watching. And listen, the Holy Spirit is watching. And just it wasn't but about five verses ago that we were told not to grieve the Holy Spirit. And can I tell you that if it is if fornication, sex outside of marriage is, is involved, if moral impurity is involved, or, or if covetousness is involved, God is, the Holy Spirit is grieved. Well, I just like this kind of music. It's, I don't listen to the words. Folks, I, I, I could go through and I could pick apart every little thing. We don't need, you don't need that. What we need to do is take an honest look at our lives and say, God, are you grieved at any of this? And if you are, God, forgive me and help me to stop. Give me victory over this. We unplugged our, uh, we, um, we um, uh, went home and unplugged the TV the other day. Now, am I telling you all that you have to unplug your TV? I am not. I'm telling you, make sure that you have control over your TV. Because guess who holds the remote control? You do. Guess who, who goes to the red box and orders those, picks, up, picks out the movies? Or now you don't even have to do that anymore. You just, if you got the right TV, you can just get it. It's you. You're in control of those things. And the Bible says that should not be named among you. We are to be holy. Not, but not just in, uh, in, in, in the way that, in, in the things that we do, but also in the things that we say. 
Now you're going to think I'm just meddling with you, but let's, let's, let's look. It says, neither filthiness. Now that filthiness means vulgar speaking. It's not talking about, uh, it's, it's specifically talking about the way that we talk. It's talking about vulgarity. It's talking about obscenities. Now, most of us would know that we shouldn't swear. Uh, at least I hope we would know that we shouldn't swear. We'd be using vulgar words. Uh, uh, words uh, words uh, as, as swear words. Uh, four, we can call them four-letter words. We, I don't need to go in and name them. You already know what they are. Because they, you hear them in the movies. Guess what? Uh, you shouldn't say them and you shouldn't be around it. Now, I understand that we can't always control that. Because people have to work. And man, uh, what, what does it say about Lot? That he vexed his righteous soul dwelling in that land? Listen, it can, it can vex us. Uh, it can be a burden upon us to have to listen to that stuff. And I understand that there are times when you, when you, when you, listen, you don't have control of other people's mouths. But you certainly have control over what you read and what you listen to for music and, and what, you, what you watch for, for television shows. It used to be, uh, as, a, as, a, as a child, I could watch uh, what, up to 8 o'clock or 8 to 9 o'clock. It was a TGIF, thank goodness it's Friday. Well, I'm not, it's not actually what it stood for. But, uh, but it, uh, you could watch the, the, the right, uh, there were family shows. And, it, and you didn't have to worry about them swearing. It's not the case anymore. Why? Because the world changes and the world gets farther and farther away from God. Big surprise. But guess what? We need to be very careful. Uh, so uh, th that, that filthiness, that vulgarity, those obscenities, we shouldn't be, uh, they should not be coming out of our mouths. Nor foolish talking. Now what is foolish talking? Worthless speech. The, it, it, there's a cross, uh, there's a text that, that kind of connects with it, talks about the, the foolish and vain genealogies that they would get in fights over about different things. But it's just talking about foolish, wasting of time, things that just are, are a waste of time, that that shouldn't be among us, uh, it shouldn't be coming out of our mouths. Now, there's, I've, got a point to, I've got a point here that I want to make sure that I make, uh, but let's, let's get through to the next one here, because uh, it kind of all ties together. Nor jesting. Again, it's talking about vulgar, vulgarity. Uh, the, 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 Greek, the Greek word underneath it is talking about vulgar jesting, making rude jokes. It goes on to say, these are not convenient or fitting for a child of God. So we, it, am I saying that God doesn't want us to joke around? I don't believe that's the case. It's okay to, 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 to joke and have fun. What's not okay is if that's all we do. If there's never a sober moment in your conversation, or your joking gets too into the coarse, vulgar, listen, we're not to be making jokes about, about you used to be you could find funny comedians that are just funny. Anymore, now they make their, they make their, their, their living off of telling jokes about vulgar things that we shouldn't even be talking about careful of that. But I want you to notice one thing. I talked about the, the foolish jesting, all these things that are a waste of time. But what does it say? But instead, but rather, giving of thanks. So what's my point? We're, we're, we're to stay away from the vulgarity. We're to stay away from, from all those things that are, are, are worthless. Why? Because we have a message to tell. 
the, the, the sin, the wickedness, the moral impurity. We're to be holy. And we're to, we're, we're to, to live holy lives because others see what we do and, we're, and God sees what we do. And we're to, we're to, try, we're to strive to be holy. Uh, but in, in our, not just in our words, but also our, our actions, but also our words. Why? Because I'm going to walk down the street one day and I'm going to meet somebody and I'm going to be talking to them. We only speak so many words a day, don't we? Stop and think about how many of those words are that, that you put out there are worthless. How many times do you greet somebody and say, Hey, hope you have a good day? That's your whole conversation. Now you acknowledge their existence. I'm sure they appreciate that. But you can't bless them any better than that. You're a child of God. How many times do we spend with one another, brothers and sisters in Christ, and we talk about the weather, and we talk about football, or we talk about golf? I start playing golf. It's kind of fun. It's on my mind. Or we talk about the movie we just watched, or we talk about whatever else is going on in this world, except for we don't talk about what the Word of God has to say for our lives. We don't talk about how God blessed us. We don't talk about how God changed us. We don't talk about the, the brother or sister that we're, or the person that we're, we've been witnessing to and asking for prayer. We just talk about worthless, vain, unimportant things. Now I get that we have jobs. And, well, you can't just walk around talking about Jesus all the time on your job. But you should certainly be looking for every opportunity that God gives you. Because it's not fitting that everything that we talk about as children of God has nothing to do with God. God saved you, did he not? God cleansed you, did he not? Do you not have a testimony to give other people around you? Have you given it? Instead, we make jokes. And it's not, again, I don't think God is a good, I think God has a sense of humor. Look at this face. He made me. Look, look at, uh, God, God created us, and, and the Bible talks about God laughing. Listen, I, 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 listen I, I, I don't believe that God doesn't have a sense of humor. He wouldn't have given us the ability to laugh, and, and if there wasn't a reason for a sense of humor, if he didn't have one. But, but understand this, as children of God, we have much more to do than wasting our time with worthless words. And more importantly, we shouldn't destroy our, our testimony with, worth, with words that go beyond being worthless but are offensive unto God. We get into the vulgarity things. We are to walk in holiness. And listen, I believe that takes pure living. Removing those things from our lives. Say, well, I, I can't be holy. God wouldn't have commanded you to do something that he wouldn't enable you to do. You know what it takes? Freeing ourselves from all the influence of the world and filling ourselves with all the word of God. And then the next day, we free ourselves from all the influence of the world. We've got to watch the news. 
you don't gotta. That doesn't mean you shouldn't be aware of things going on. Uh, there's a mess going over, going over in Afghanistan right now. And we should be praying for those Christians that are suffering in the church that, that, that is there that is suffering. And not just for them, but listen, there, there are women literally throwing... The, throwing their infants over razor wire, hoping somebody will catch it. You ought to be praying for them. And thanking God for what he's given us. See, that's what the, the opposite of the, the, the jesting and the filthiness and the foolish talking was. The, the opposite was, but rather, instead of all of that, giving thanks unto God. Those words are worthwhile. Our praise, our testimony, our sharing of the gospel. We're to walk worthy. And we're to walk, sorry, we're to walk in holiness and pure living and in giving of thanks. Lastly, we're to walk in separation. We're walking separation. Let's read the last few verses here. It says, For this you know that no whoremonger nor unclean person or covetous man who is an idolater hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them. When God looks at this world, he does not see Republican and Democrat. He does not see American and non-American. You know what God sees? Godly and ungodly. His child, his children, and those who aren't. And God, any time recorded, talks about the separation between the two. Psalm chapter 1, we all, we all know it. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and then he doth meditate day and night. You go on, to go on through and it describes the, the blessed man, the godly man. In the last verse or two of, of, the, of, the, of the chapter, it says, But the ungodly are not so are driven like the chaff. I remember in our Sunday school class, back when we used to teach in this room over here, and we described what that meant, what, what it was talking about to Molly, how God separate, or how we separate the, the chaff from the wheat, and how it's the, the, the tossing, and the wind comes by and blows the chaff away, and, and suddenly Molly's eyes lit up like saucers, just, <gasps> like, like a light bulb went off, and she understood what it was talking about. There's a separation. The Bible talks about that. Now, the separation doesn't take place here, that separation takes place uh, in heaven, but God sees it, and God wants us to be separate. We'll get to that in a minute. But Matthew 25, verse 33, God's, Jesus is given a parable about uh, the end times. And he says that, that, that God is going to separate, or the king is going to separate the sheep from the goats. That time will come when we all stand before God, and those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life will all be gathered together. And those whose names are not will be all be cast into the lake of fire. 
Now that being said, God has always wanted his people separate from those that weren't. And we're going to describe what the separation is here in, in, in a few minutes. But Leviticus chapter 20, verse 20, verse, Leviticus chapter 20, verse 26. Verse 26 is this, And you shall be holy unto me, this is God speaking to his people, for I am the Lord, am holy, and have severed you from other people, that you should be mine. He's speaking to the people of Israel, the nation of Israel. But can I tell you, the New Testament has the same thought, that we are a peculiar people. A peculiar nation. Now listen, there's no difference between Jew and Greek, and it's not, it's not what we're talking about. We're talking about those that are in Christ and those that are outside of Christ. And there is a separation. Look at Second Corinthians chapter 6. Second Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17. It says this, Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. We are to be different. We are to come out from among them. Now, that does not mean we go live in a commune somewhere, away from everybody. Uh, we're to be in this world. But our roots are not to be in this world. Titus chapter 2, verse 14. Titus chapter 2 verse 14 says, Who, Jesus, gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. Second Peter chapter 2. Second Peter chapter 2, verse 9. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptation and to reserve the, the unjust unto the day of judgment and to be punished. Romans chapter 12, 2. You don't need to turn there. Be, be, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. First Peter chapter 2, verse 11. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul, having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that wherewith they speak against you as evildoers, they may be by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. Notice there, we're, we're told to, 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 be, to come out, we're, we're told to, to, to be different, um, we're told to be strangers and pilgrims, but also while we have our conversation among the Gentiles. It means we're to be in the world, but not of the world. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 13.
Verse 13 says, These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims in the earth. What, is, what am I trying to say here? Well, God has us as a peculiar people. We are to be different and we are to be separated. Why do I say this? Because the Word of God tells us that. Back there in Ephesians chapter 5, go ahead and turn there. Let's, let's go back. Let's go through these verses a little bit slower. It says, For this ye know, that no whoremonger nor unclean person or a covetous man who is an idolater hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. They're, they're, these, these are men, uh, listen, who, who, who are going to be judged. Men and women, of human beings, that will be judged. It's, 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 uh, God will judge their sin. Now, they can be saved out of that. The Bible tells such, in other places, such were some of you. That, that we were some of these people, but we're not that anymore. I praise God for a gospel, and I praise God for the blood of Christ that can cleanse us from that. But that's, since that's not who we were or who we are anymore, we should not continue to live like we are that. We should be separate. And what do I mean by that? Well, God, God looks at the godly and the ungodly, and we're not to look the same. We've been called to walk in holiness. Well, here we're, we're told to not have any, we're not to, in, in the next verse here, the next two verses, we're told not to be partakers with them. Verse 6 is very important. It says, let no man deceive you with vain words. For because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. There were those in that day that were saying, listen, it doesn't matter. How you live does not matter. You don't need to be different. You can, still, you can still believe in Jesus and still cling on to all of these other things. You don't need to change. Can I tell you, those are the things that bring wrath upon the people of disobedience, the lost. And we are not to live like the lost world around us. We are to be separate. We are to be a peculiar people. It's not that you have a, a, a hidden away card in your pocket that you can pull out and say, uh, uh, say, I'm saved. No, it should be stamped all over your life. It should be the light that shines out of every orifice of your body. It should be shown in your good works that you are a child of God. It should not be a surprise to anybody around you. He says, this is what you used to be, and don't let yourself be fooled. Because, listen, there are people, to, even today, that still teach this false doctrine of, of grace. Now, grace is real. And, and don't misunderstand what I'm saying. Uh, uh, grace is real, and I praise God for the grace he gave us in salvation. Amen? By grace, you save through faith. Uh, we're saved by the grace of God. And I'm glad that God gives us grace uh, to change us. I'm glad God gives us grace to strengthen us. I'm glad, God, I'm glad, ugh, I'm, I'm glad, I'm, I'll, I'll be glad when God unties my tongue. I'm glad for the grace of God because God, it, it's the effectual working of God in us. Amen. Praise God for that. Without it, we'd all be in trouble. And we'd all still be in the same boat. But there is a belief, a belief or a thought that because of the grace of God, we can go on doing whatever we want to do, living however we want to live, and it's okay. Listen, there are some things that are black and white in the Word of God. And then there are other things that some people sometimes 
Aren't sure about it. In, in, back in, in, in that day, it was. Uh, it could have been in Romans 14. They dealt with the the, the eating of meat that was offered to idols, and 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 that was a that was a big problem back in those days. Anymore, it's not a problem. We we all like meat unless you're a vegetarian. If you got a, a biblical principle against eating meat, eating meat, guess what? We can go with the Romans 14 principle. If it bothers you and you think it's a sin to do something, don't do it. It also says don't be a stumbling block. So if you're eating meat with, if somebody else, if you're sitting down to eat with somebody and you know that it offends them, don't do it with, while they're around. There are things that are like that that are just, Paul says, listen, I know that it doesn't make a difference. Eat meat or don't eat meat, it's meat. I like bacon. Paul wouldn't have liked bacon. What am I trying to say? There are some, some standards that are left up for some interpretation. But there are other things that are absolutely just sinful. And the Bible tells us that it's sinful. And we know that it's sinful. And there are those that will say, you can, you can still do it. It's okay. We see it in the church today. Where, 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 where people, people that are fornicating, people that are living together outside of marriage, uh, where they're accepted and they're welcomed. Uh, people that are, uh, people that, are uh, that are homosexual. And it's... It, Listen, they can come into the church. I'm only happy to have somebody here. And I, in fact, I, I'd love this if this church was full of, of people that, uh, that, that are homosexual. Why? Because they need the gospel, just like everyone of, everybody else does. But there's a difference between welcoming, welcoming somebody into the church and then condoning the sin. And that's what we're talking about here. It says, be not partakers with them. I mean, don't partake in the sin with them. In fact, don't, there's a, there needs to be an understanding that they know that it's wrong. Uh, there is testimony of some of the great men of God in the days of old. And I say days of old. I'm talking about uh, R.A. Torrey and D.L. Moody. And, uh, where he would walk into, uh, there's, a, there's a testimony of D.L. Moody. Is it D.L. Moody or uh, there's another great evangelist at the time. I don't remember his name. Walked into a, a factory. And didn't say a word, and people began to cry and wail and ask God for forgiveness and come to him. Why? Because the presence of God was so much upon him that the Spirit of God was convicting him just in being in his presence. Now, it was because of who he was. They knew, they knew him as a man of God. He didn't partake in their sins, and he lived a holy life. He was separate but dwelling among them. But this wasn't his home. Heaven is home. He was a stranger just passing through like the rest of us. Here's a question. When you're around those, those whether it's family members or whether it's co-workers, people that know you, are you known as a child of God or are you known as someone who goes to church? there's a difference there's a difference God's called us to be pure God's called us to be holy what does the world see when they look at you I can remember walking in to work one day when I, back when I worked at the ambulance service it was before, it was, uh, before I was the, the, the I was the assistant pastor but it was before I was the Pastor, Pastor Williams, sit down. 
and there was a young guy there I'd never met before. And I was in a room full of people. And he looked at me and he goes, so what do you think? And I said, what do you mean? And he asked what my opinion was on whether or not he should commit fornication. That was how many dates it should be. And I said, do you really want my answer? And everybody else laughed because they're like, don't ask him that. Why why were you asking him that? Because he didn't know. He didn't know me from Adam. We'd never met before. But everybody else knew. Also, I'm not trying to... Uh, and I said, do you really think? He said, yeah. So I told him. I said, I believe it's a sin. I said, I said in fact, the Bible teaches it that it's a sin. But outside of me, he goes... Well, you can just see, like, dawn on his face. Well, he goes, who are you? <laughs> I said, hi, I'm Rob. I said, I work here, but I'm also a associate pastor. <sighs> But you know what that led to? A lot of good conversations with that young man. I mean, we sat for hours and talked about the Word of God. Because it wasn't, I could have got in there and been joking around with everybody else. And there was a time when I would have. And I'm ashamed of that. I praise God that God changed me. And brought me, cleansed me of that. Because there was a time as a child of as a saved child of God, I would have joked around and and, and made those jokes or or not said anything, even if I felt uncomfortable. Listen, we're, we're supposed to be different. We're supposed to walk holy life. We're supposed to imitate God in his holiness. Are you a reflection of the holiness of God? Or are you conforming to the world? Remember, that's what Romans 12, 12 2 says, or 12, yeah, 12, 2, be, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. What that tells me is there are Christians who are conforming to this world and not being transformed by the renewing of their minds. And I used to be one of them. And praise God, he's still transforming me. I'm not there yet. But it takes the renewing of our minds. We are to walk in love. We are to imitate God in, in, in love for him and for others. We're to imitate God in our holiness and in our separation from this world. Be not ye therefore partakers with them. I don't believe that we can receive the judgment of God. As children of God, God our, the judgment of God was upon Jesus Christ on the cross but I do believe we'll be judged for our actions and for every idle word. That we're going to have to stand before God and give accounts. <laughs> you know what's interesting? How sometimes our language changes when we're talking with different people. And we'll make jokes around certain people, but we won't make jokes around other people because... Well, it's just like like your boss. Like you wouldn't you wouldn't make some certain jokes around them, but you might make it around your kids. Kids are foolish. Let me just say that I love you guys. But you know what the Bible says about you? Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. It's okay. You'll grow out of it. Guess what? I'm a man. I've grown up. The Bible says to put away childish things. 
as children of God, we're to grow out of that. We're to grow up in the Lord. We're to imitate Jesus Christ and God. May God help us. Father, I thank you for the stay, Lord. I thank you for what you have done for us and what you've given to us. God, I pray that you help us to examine our hearts and our lives, Lord, our actions, everything about us. Lord, help us to, to walk in holiness as, 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 as Christ did. Lord, we're, to, we're not to allow those, that, those, that wicked sin to even be named among us. Lord, it isn't, it isn't fitting for a child of God. But there are many, there are many who, who accept it. Lord, help us to, help us to not conform to the, to the world. But Lord, help us to be transformed. And our standards be transformed to what pleases you versus what pleases ourselves. And God, I pray that you would help our, our language, Lord. Help us to, to talk in a way that, uh, that brings honor and glory to you, Lord. I, there are conversations I wish that, that I could take back, and I can't. Lord, there are other conversations I wish I could change. I wish I would talk more spiritual things than I did. And God, I pray that you'd help me from this point on do that. God, I pray that you would just continue to work in us. I'm thankful for your word and for your spirit. Thankful that you're not done with us yet. God, I pray you help us to, to, to just strive to become more and more like Christ. More and more like you so that we can bring honor and glory to your name. Yes, it's in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Instead of doing